0: Welcome to Life Lessons in Law with LaShonda. I'm your host LaShonda Council Rogers. In each episode, we have authentic and entertaining conversations about the impact of the law on women. You can find the show on my website, www.thecouncilfirm.com, and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Now please join me in Life Lessons in Law with LaShonda. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Life Lessons in Law with LaShonda. And well, I want to say welcome back because I knew you all have been tuning in Um, today. And I know I say this almost every week, but today is extra, 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 extra special because we have attorney Andrea Hence evans and she's the owner of the law firm of Andrea Hence evans So hello, Andrea.
1: How are you? Hi LaShonda, I'm doing great and thank you so much for having me. Oh
0: my goodness, it is my pleasure to have you here because you are intellectual property royalty, but we're going to get to that soon. But before she was intellectual property law royalty, I have the pleasure of being on the same Delta Sigma Theta Incorporated line with Andrea. So we are line sisters from Spelman, so I've known her for years and years and years and years so just know I know how fabulous she is so it's time for everybody else who does not know who's been on a rock a rock to know how fabulous Andrea is so Andrea tell us a little bit about yourself and about your law firm
1: well, thank you. And uh, thank you for that fabulous introduction. And you know, because oh, you are fabulous, it's just all true. And you it's know, it true. takes a fabulous line sister to know a fabulous line sister. So thank you for having me today. And um, like you said, I graduated from Spelman College with a dual degree from Spelman and Georgia Institute of Technology. So I have a math degree from Spelman, civil and environmental engineering degree from Georgia Tech. And then i came here to washington dc and graduated from gw law school and so after that i worked at the patent and trademark office for five years as a patent examiner and a trademark examining attorney but fast forward i'm really proud to say that 2023 is going to mark 16 years of me owning the law firm of andrea hence evans and i'm so proud of that because at my firm, I've been able to represent a range of clients from individuals to Fortune 50 corporations around the world with patent, trademark, and copyright matters. So anything related to inventions and brands and written works, that's what we do at our firm.
0: That is amazing. And I love the way you, you didn't say Fortune 500. You said Fortune 50. <laughs> so that's just another, just a whole nother stratosphere of corporate work. So I am so excited for you. And you always have just been a go getter. And one thing that always sticks out is that a lot of times we as women, and especially minority women, we're afraid to put ourselves out there, but you do not have that problem. I see you everywhere, everywhere. You are not allowing anybody to dim your light. You go for yours. And that is Awesome. Because I, I look at you, I'm like, look, Andrea's is doing this again. You're just so busy. You're just getting it done. And it's just an inspiration to me. And I know it's an inspiration to all those who see you out there. And as a business owner, I know how important intellectual property law and protecting your intellectual property is, but help us as our viewers want to understand why is intellectual property so important and protecting it so important?
1: Well, yes, it is extremely important, like you said. And the key is that once you understand that everyone has some type of intellectual property, you'll understand the value of protecting it because it's yours. You know, So it's almost like having a house and the deed is in your name. You want to own that house. So intellectual property is divided into patents, trademarks and copyrights. And so, simply put, you would patent an invention. You're going to want to trademark the name of that invention and then copyright written works. So, if you're an inventor and you invent a television, we would patent that television. And then you trademark the brand name of that television, LaShonda's TV brand. And mm-hmm. then all those scripts and written uh, things that you have on the show, you know, poetry, artwork, that would be copyrighted. And so the reason that you want to do that is because you want to claim your stake. You want to own it. And having patents, trademarks and copyrights affords you the ability to do that. And so ultimately, you want to protect your intellectual property um, and you can license it. You can assign it. You can sell it. You can will it. And so I know people are watching and they say, oh, this is great. If you take this video and copy it and put it on your website without permission that something as simple as that could be copyright infringement so there's so many different myths and misconceptions and to your point that's why i'm everywhere that's, mm-hmm. i want to let everyone know about this the importance of protecting intellectual property so that you know that i don't know and just saying they don't understand it they have no excuse because it's not a lot of people talking about it okay. and there's so many different myths and misconceptions but you really want to protect it so that you can then uh, benefit from the value of owning it versus the opposite where you don't protect it and then you're scrambling to pay more to have an attorney try to get your rights back.
0: So what you're saying, and one thing I want um, to be clear for those who are watching is, you know, a lot of times we were so into our craft, our business and just getting the invention or the written work done And then later on, we're wondering why we cannot benefit from it monetarily. And it's because maybe someone stole the idea or maybe it could be a situation where you're doing something that is someone else's already and that you don't know. So if someone is thinking about, you know, has an invention or thinking about, okay starting a new business or a new product what are the initial things that they need to do to make sure that not only they protect their rights, that they're not infringing upon someone else's rights?
1: So we call that doing your due diligence. And what that means is you want to hire an attorney. Um, and even before you hire an attorney, you want to research, you want to on your own, go to Google, look up the brand that you're thinking about launching and see if anyone is already using that brand on something similar or identical. If you see someone already using LaShonda for a podcast and you know you want to use that name for your podcast, for trademarks you have to understand it's not the first to file, it's the first to use. Mm -hmm. Because I have hundreds of potential clients that call and they say, I love the name LaShonda. Um, I know that LaShonda has a podcast but she didn't trademark it. So let me hurry up and try to rush to trademark it first. That doesn't matter because it's not who trademarks it first, it's who uses it first. So if you're able to trademark something, third parties can challenge you based off of them using it first. So for free, you can go to Google, look up the name, and see if it's out there. For copyrights, that's protecting your written works. So for that, you just don't want to copy someone else's work. So taking a blog post that someone else wrote, copying it, pasting it into your book or on your website, that's copyright infringement. So you want that to be original work. So that's something to consider. And with the booming AI trend that's going on with um, software being able to write blogs and things like that, and and even with Canva and free tools that allow you to create your logos, you want to read the fine print about your rights with that and ownership, because most of those sites will actually say that you cannot trademark something that you create from that free software, or you can't copyright something uh, that's created with AI. And then for inventors, The free tool that you can use is google.com forward slash patents, or you can go to USPTO.gov, and you'll want to key in some keywords about what your invention is. But once you do your due diligence on your own, you want to bring that information to a consultation with an intellectual property attorney like myself, because then I can help you to interpret those results. Maybe we can discuss your options so that it's clear. But on your own, you can do those free things. And then definitely from there, you want to move on to having a professional do research for you.
0: And you are a professional.
1: So, <laughs>
0: and your team is built of professionals. So you. just plug for you, Andrea. So I want to just get some real life, real world examples. Now, I know this is a very, very old case, but it's, it's a, true example of the importance of intellectual property. Let's talk about quickly, and then we'll come to some newer things that are going on about the Dr. Dre versus Dr. Dre a case that you worked on.
1: Okay, yeah, so that's a very interesting case and it trended around the world on social media, so you all may be familiar with it, but the billionaire rapper, Dr. Dre, D-R-E, sued my client, the medical doctor, O B G Dr. Dre, D-R-A-I. And so you have the producer rapper versus the actual medical doctor, Dr. Dre. Now my client, Dr. Dre, the doctor was actually trying to register a trademark for entertainment services and, um, educational services and products all related to what he does in the medical industry as an OBGYN. Well, for trademark infringement, uh, what the standard is, is what we call a likelihood of confusion. Mm -hmm. So does the trademark sound the same? Does it look the same? Does it have the same commercial impression? So Dr. Dre the rapper said, hey, cease and desist. Our names sound the same. You're trying to uh, play up my name and make profits off of my brand. And so as trademark lawyers for Dr. Dre the doctor, we fought back and we ultimately won that case to say, look, um, you're not in the same industry. Right. Our consumers aren't going to be confused. And when it went viral, LaShonda, the memes were hilarious because the memes were saying, hey, what does this mean? You know, and somebody said, oh, this means that uh, the rapper can't look at vaginas and the, you know, uh, gynecologist can't rap, you know. So it was just yeah. funny little memes like that. But it wasn't an open and shut case. But what I do like about trademark law is a lot of it is somewhat common sense. So, sure. I can be LaShonda for a law firm. You can be LaShonda for a shoe company because the public isn't going to think a law firm is making shoes. But when a trademark becomes famous, like Oprah is a famous trademark, Oprah for a media company will be confused with Oprah for shoes because as consumers, we know that Oprah's not making the shoes, but we've seen you know, uh, rappers and athletes stamp their names on shoes. So you have to still be careful So if you're out there thinking, wow, this is something that I'm interested in, I am an entrepreneur, the strongest type of trademark you can create is one that you make up. And that should Mm -hmm. make sense. If you create a word like Google was a word that they invented or sort of created on their own, that's a fanciful trademark. That's the strongest trademark. You created it. And if someone else is using it, it's more likely they copied it because you created it. But as you know, some people don't want a brand that they have to create a word so, then they take a word like octopus or apple, uh, which can be a common word and generic for a fruit or the animal. But then, octopus for a law firm becomes a strong trademark because it's mm-hmm. arbitrary. Right. So, he needs to think about. But with that Dr. Dre case, I think it really was enlightening uh, because it opened up America's eyes to say, wait, that's his name. Um, and you actually can trademark your name, but it has to be for products and services. So, mm-hmm. you can be born with this unique name and someone else can trademark that name. And that means that you can't use that name for products and services. And when you think about it, some of your favorite brands are probably someone's name, Ralph Lauren, uh, um, Louis Vuitton, you know, those are names. And so that's someone's name and you can't stop their mother from calling them Ralph Lauren. Right. Trademark it for clothing and things like that. That means that you can't use it. So think about Chanel. Chanel um, is a name. Yeah. so if you wanna put your name Chanel on purses, that's going to be a problem because they already have it registered. So you can't just trademark a name because you like it. You wanna think about how you plan to use it, what products, what services, and then you wanna complete that trademark process because imagine, and this is the stuff I can't talk about because it's settled, you know, and um, we signed an agreement to not discuss it because it's settled, but just think about names that you have and imagine, you trademark it, and a company wants to use that name, they have to pay you for that. Right. You no, know, you have the right to sell your trademark, so it's a small price to pay, but it can be very lucrative in terms of the reward when someone has to pay you for it or license it to use it.
0: Wow, that's interesting. So let's fast forward. You were recently quoted um, about a dispute with the Ravens, uh, the football, um, yeah, football team, and it involved the phrase or mark Charm City. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: So that's another one that kind of alarmed individuals in the community because there are a lot of cities that have nicknames. And Mm -hmm. so Charm City is the nickname for Baltimore. And so it surprised the media and the community when the Ravens said, hey, we're going to file a trademark application for Charm City. And so let me just explain kind of what that means in plain English because people say, well, we live in Charm City. How Mm -hmm. can they own the rights to Charm City? So remember, once you choose a name, you then have to identify products and services that you're using it on or intending to use it on. So you can still say, I live in Charm City. I love Charm City, but they're trying to register it for T-shirts. Charm Mm -hmm. City. You look in the tag, it's going to say Charm City, the hang tag. And so it's interesting because We talked about that spectrum of trademarks going from strong to weak. So strong is a word you make up. Well, a descriptive term like charm city becomes very weak. And so that means there are a lot of charm city bakeries, charm city Mm -hmm. jewelry company. So if they're able to register that trademark, it's going to be a weak trademark and harder to enforce because they're used to others using that descriptive name to describe their products and services. But what's interesting about that is if you've ever been to Charm City and you're touring around, there are a lot of shirts and products that already have Charm City on it. So it remains to be seen that no one filed a trademark for it. But remember, (laughs) I said it's not the first to file, it's the first to use. So it's going to be interesting to see if these vendors that are in Charm City that have been doing business for years, will dispute this trademark to say, wait a minute, you're not going to be able to get a trademark on shirts for charm city because we're already using it. So it remains to be seen and we're following that case.
0: Oh yeah. And especially in that case, how do you determine who was first to use it?
1: Well, you know, as business owners, and this is something that a lot of businesses don't like to do, but you have to keep good records. So the government, when you file applications, they aren't asking for your receipts. You're going to sign a legal document to put the dates that you've used the trademark. Now, when you're in a dispute, though, that's when you go through discovery. And discovery is a process where you're asking questions and trying to kind of lay your hand out with your evidence. And at that time, that's when they'll say, "Okay, well, show me your receipts. Prove that you use this for 20 Mm -hmm. years and it has to be continuous use. So that's something to think about. Um, As women, you know, you may start a business, have a baby, say, I'm going to take off for 10 years and raise my child and then come back. Well, the clock stops once you stop. And so Mm -hmm. that starts the date over. So when you're thinking about businesses and brands, you want to make sure it's continuous use. So even if you aren't using it, remember, just license it to someone else to use, because it doesn't seem like a trademark is important until it is, you know, until someone starts using it. So it's better to sort of have that sword in your pocket with these patents, trademarks and copyrights and then use it to fight people off. And then if someone wants to take it and use it, then you use it as a shield to sort of protect you to say, hey, I have this protected and it's mine.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I just want the viewers to know that Andrea has protected my personal injury law firm. So we have trademarks and. I never really thought like, well, why? At how? And what is the value of a trademark for a personal injury law firm? But guess what? We have them and you just never know. And so you're right. You want to be protected. And I wanted to be protected. And I wanted to protect, you know, what we have built here by engaging your services to make sure that nobody's coming (laughs) to get our intellectual property. So before we go to a little more personal uh, issue, let's talk about your three books. I mean, you've been busy, busy, busy trying to educate the public. So just rattle away. Let's hear about them.
1: Well, I wrote the books because I recognized that Everyone can't afford an attorney or like you said, they don't understand the value or importance and they're just looking for information. So if you're watching and you're saying, I don't know if I'm ready for a formal consultation, but I do have more questions. I wrote all about trademarks, everything you need to know about trademarks from a former trademark examining attorney. Uh, because, like I said, I worked at the Patent and Trademark Office as a trademark examining attorney. So, that book is one of my best selling books and it explains the trademark process in layman's terms. It'll help you to answer questions as you read the book. There's space in the book for that. So, check that out. And then, if you're an inventor, I wrote all about inventing everything you need to know about inventions from a former patent examiner. And that is another selling point for myself because I worked at the office as a patent examiner. And that book is very helpful because it walks you through the invention process, um, answers questions. I even have a sample patent application in there with a response to an office action because you get an idea of what to expect. Now, all of these processes are things that don't happen overnight. And so this is the federal government and it's a slow process and you have to be patient and you can't expedite things. So I want to set that expectation. And so that was the, basically what pivoted me to my third book, which is a journal and planner all about my invention. And what I recognize is during the pandemic, I was getting a lot of calls from inventors who were just all over the place. Mm -hmm. And with inventions it's critical that you write down dates and take notes and document who you spoke to and um, just have a area for inventions because how many of us have our best ideas in the shower you have a notepad and you have sticky pads everywhere so this is actually the first journal and planner specifically for inventors and it's a quarterly journal and that one has been really beneficial and helpful to inventors and entrepreneurs that want to document, take notes. And then when you're ready for that consultation, LaShonda, you just bring it in and say, hey, I I talked to Jane on this date. And it's critical because with inventions, I want to add, once you make it public, you only have one year to file a patent application or it's given away. So the clock starts. Yeah, and so that's why it's written as quarterly. People say, well, I want a whole year. And I say, no, you don't have that much time. Like, you know, the problem, as you know, with business owners and entrepreneurs, everyone has an idea, but they don't act on those ideas. So I'm hoping that once you see how much you've done in that quarter, you're like, okay, let me take action and try to get this done. And I love that we have a full year ahead to make things happen, so get started.
0: Wow, that is amazing. And you're so busy, but you wear so many hats. Obviously business owner, you wear the hat of wife, you wear the hat of mother. So I want to talk to you about uh, a topic that I will be very much following very soon because I have a child who is about to enter high school and you have a child that is currently in college. So I know this doesn't have to do with IP, but tell us a little bit about that process of preparing your child for from high school to college i know your daughter and had a lot of uh opportunities but she worked for those opportunities so just kind of give us a little taste of what personally i'm gonna be doing but there's so many others that are about to be in that position
1: yeah and and you know it's it's a fun phase of life and just like businesses don't necessarily come with instructions at least you can. Kind of take a class and have resources, and kids definitely don't come with instruction. So I'll tell you, Lashonda, I'm taking it day to day, uh, <laughs> but I cannot be more proud of my children, and I'm really proud that basically with my daughter, what we did is kind of just patterned what I did as a child, um, which is that I come from a family of scientists and engineers. So my mother's an engineer, my aunts and uncles are engineers, and I had exposure at an early age, so you know mm-hmm. that's not normally a female, um, you know, minority-dominated industry. But I was always told I was smart, and when it was time for my daughter to enter elementary school, I said, "Okay, where's the science lab or the science club?" And they didn't have anything. And so, based off of that, I launched Kid Engineer, and that's a hands-on educational program um, where we start at age five and we expose children to all types of engineering discipline related projects um our chemistry class coding mm-hmm. class and so naya my daughter um started off in that uh engineer class with her friends and it just took off and being in the dc area we were able to find other opportunities for her and she fell in love with stem and so mm-hmm. once she kind of got older and was able to say hey i think i like pharmacy um i did a lot of research just because I recognize the importance of having that hands-on opportunity and experience and having mentors. Mm -hmm. So she's always had mentors in the industry and it worked because when it was time for her to go to college, she was able to apply and get a lot of scholarships for her hard work. And that made her feel really good and proud of herself. Um, And it is a lot of work and it was very hard, but once she saw, oh, I can write an essay and I can win $500 or even $5,000, It only takes one yes. And that really motivated her to keep going and pushing herself. And I'm really proud to say that, you know, she's entered college. She made the chancellor's list, making all A's her first semester. She's having a good time, which means a lot Mm -hmm. to me. She's having good social skills. But, you know, what really struck me and what I'm even just most proud of is that she's doing it her way. So I've called Mm -hmm. her during the week. And because she recognized how important those programs were for her, she's actually going out in the community to elementary schools and mentoring other young girls in STEM at these oh, elementary goodness. schools. And so when your children do things and you're kind of holding their hand, you're proud of them. But when you let go and recognize it on their own, they're saying, I need to be out in the community. I need to tutor. I need to do this. I need to help other people. That made me feel so good. And I'm just so proud that She is paying it forward in her own way at her young age.
0: Wow. Yes. Your daughter is amazing. I mean, I've said that since for years and years and years. And it's a testament to great parenting because she did not just one day wake up and say, I'm going to be great. She had mentors. She had structure. You were very much um, was very intentional about her exposure and look at her now. That is um, amazing. And I laugh because she said uh, she has great social skills, but guess what? Her <laughs> mama has great social skills.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Listen, from
0: college until even now, I'm like, Andrea knows how to have a fantastic time. If we had a dictionary and there, <laughs> the phrase, work hard, play hard was in there, your picture, you'd be like,
1: <laughs> and you be next to me, and so will okay. not. Oh yes, ma'am. Oh yes, right. yes. Oh, I I have
0: mastered that. Yes. I I have had a good time in my life. So, although I would love to talk uh, uh, hours and hours and hours about this, we are about to come to a close. So, give us a few little parting words, so that people understand. Okay, why they need to call. Andrea, hence and Evans, for their IP
1: needs. Well, thank you again. And the reason you need to call me is because you need to protect your intellectual property. If you're an inventor, let's get those patents protected. Let's register those trademarks, those cool names and brands and images. And you can trademark colors and sounds and scents. Um, and last but not least, if you're saying, look, I'm just not an inventor, but you're out here you're drawing and your writing protect your works and protect your intellectual property and contact me and the benefit of working with me is because i worked at the uspto as a patent examiner and trademark examining attorney i have that insight where i can help to foresee issues that will likely appear and then we prevent them when we file those applications and do consultations and so i want to see you succeed and i don't want to see you being tagged on social media when they say, Hey, someone's using your brand. And I hate to get those calls, but it doesn't surprise me um, that people are saying someone is using your brand because it's inevitable. And it's mm-hmm. because people don't understand intellectual property. So you have no excuse. You have the books, you have this great podcast, and you have my law firm as a resource. And I'll be standing by um, at evansiplaw.com for. You ought to call to get on the schedule to start protecting. And if you're watching and you say, oh, I did that already. I want to make sure you know that it's critical to enforce your intellectual property. Mm -hmm. So don't just sit back and watch others use it and say, oh, well, it's okay. She's just selling it out of the trunk of her car. And then all of a sudden Oprah starts using it. And you say, oh, (laughs) I better stop. It's Oprah. Well, (gasps) Oprah's defense is going to be, hey, you let everyone else use it. It really is a defense. So your trademark can become generic. And you don't want that. So you have to make sure that it's perceived as a brand and people are using it as a brand and not as a noun. So that's going to be good advice to get you all thinking and get those light bulb moments and take your papers and protect them. Yes.
0: All right. So how can our viewers find you? Because we're all going to run out (laughs) and knock down your door because we need to protect our intellectual property. Okay, I'll be waiting. Well, tell us, how can we find you?
1: Okay, yes. So I am all over social media at Evans IP Law. And then you can go directly to my website at www.evansiplaw.com. And you can get books and access to all of my information. And also I have um, a blog I'd like to encourage you all to go to. And that's mm-hmm. all about inventing.com. But if you're following me on social media, on all those platforms, we share information like the raven story down to things that are occurring at my law firm so i'm looking forward to keeping in touch with you and everyone else
0: awesome well again thank you andrea for being uh, a guest on life lessons and law with Lashonda. and so everyone until next time i tell you i deploy i tell you please screaming look and find andrea hence evans because you need to protect your intellectual property. And I just hope you've listened to everything that she said today, because you'll regret if you don't give her a call. So for all your IP needs, please call Andrea Hence evans You've been tuning into Life Lessons in Law with LaShonda. In each episode, we have authentic and entertaining conversations about the impact of the law on women. I hope you'll join me each time. You can find this show on my website at www.thecouncilfirm.com and on YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. We appreciate your positive comments and reviews and don't forget to share this show with others. I've been your host. LaShonda Council Rogers.